Shri Gauri Vaishnav Guru Parampara ki jai, Shri Bhakti Rasamita Sindhu ki jai, Gaut Premanvi. So we're continuing our discussion of Raghunuga Bhakti, as explained by Sri Rupa Goswami in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu. This is the concluding section of the chapter on Sadhana Bhakti, two divisions of Sadhana Bhakti, Vaidhi Bhakti and Raghunuga Bhakti. Quite a bit less has been written about Raghunuga Bhakti, but it's said in the Zen circles that less is more. And certainly this is the more that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came to give. But talked about less and more difficult to understand. Somebody said to me the other day, perhaps we should have a book, Raghunuga Bhakti, for dummies. But I said, no, it's not for dummies. Mahaprabhu mm. Has been described in the Bhagavat. Krishna Varnam Trisa Krishnam Sangopangastra Parshadam Yagnaisan Ketana Prayar Yajantihi Sumedasaha. Those who understand him, this descent, they worship him in Sankirtan, but uh, to do so properly and draw all that's found therein, he said that he wove together like a wreath, like a garland, Prem and Namsankirtan to give to the world. So those who understand, they have very fine intelligence. Su Medasaha, very intelligent. Pujapadshita Marsh defined that intelligence as Sukutiban, of considerable Sukti or disposition for understanding Bhakti. can take advantage of what he came to give. <clears throat> Something that, as we've heard in some of the pramana slokas, the evidentiary slokas, slokas of evidence that Bhugaswami has cited to support various points, we heard that the Shrutis, for example, verse from the Bhagavatam, the personified uh, Upanishads, they desired to pursue this Kamanug, Kamarupa, Bhakti by way of Kamanuga. This is one of the divisions, as we've learned, of Raghunuga Bhakti. And although uh, he didn't raise the point there, he's raised it elsewhere, and it's a nice point. Hmm. This is for very intelligent people. The Shrutis, they've analyzed all the paths. These are the, the deities personifying, if you will, the, 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 the Shrutis or the sages presiding over them, however you want to think about it. They're not dumb people. <laughs> and uh, so very carefully they've looked through all of the scriptures, what is the significance, and they've come to the conclusion that they should pursue this Raghunuga Bhakti, and they were successful, of course. Um, in a slightly different um, um Attainment, if you will, and that was just uh, predominantly offered by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. But nonetheless, this is what he came to give. This is what the scriptures say the point is. The point that Jiva Goswami makes in Bhakti Sandarbha is really what, well thought out, this is what everyone should 
pursue, but everybody's not that well thought out, and it requires not just intelligence. One time Prabhupada was asked why the most intelligent people in the world weren't taking to Krishna consciousness. Hmm? And he said, they are. There's Brahma, there's Shiva is, is there. And he had this like different perspective of, of the world. Pujapat Sridharmaj was once asked the same question, why the most intelligent people are not taking it. And he said, because muyanti atsuraya, quoting from the Bhagavatam's first verse, even the gods are bewildered about this. Hmm? We, uh, we've talked a little bit about Brahma and his aspirations for Samanda Rupa Bhakti. The very first prayer of Brahma in the 14th chapter, at the end of the Brahma Vimohan Lila, when he starts speaking, beautiful glorification of the form of Krishna. If you study that verse, you'll see that he's speaking about the form of Krishna as perceived in Sakyarasa and Sanatana Prabhu, Sanatana Goswami says that he, he's yearning earnestly to attain a relationship with this form. So, but. Um, he was also bewildered by it, hmm? and it took some time for him to sort it out, and and uh, and uh, even offended the form of Krishna, who was his guru. He appeared to him, spoke the Chatur Shlok, and so forth. Then, that in that form, as I said before, he was in the Gyan Mudra, offering a blessing, and now he's got his left, eating out of his left hand. It's very like is it. That my guru was that an imposter. He doesn't sit like that. He doesn't act like that. And it was, of course, Krishna representing, uh, uh, absorbed in the very ideal that uh, he had, uh, Brahma had asked for, Krishna had offered to, to, to give him um, uh, Sakyarasa. So, at any rate, the demigods, the gods, Indra is also bewildered in Bhagavatam, as we know about Krishna. It's said that at the height of his bewilderment when he realized, uh-oh, that was, I made a big mistake here. Hmm. Trying to kill Krishna's cows, not understanding him to be Vishnu. Hmm. He approached Brahma as to what to do. Brahma said, don't ask me. I already offended him myself. What, 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 what speak of what, what you did? Try to kill his cows. I don't, I don't have any answer for you. So these are some examples, anyway, how... This Krishna consciousness, as Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came to give, this Raghavakti of the Braj, it's not difficult, not easy to understand. So we don't need a book Raghavakti for dummies. We need smart people <laughs> who have sufficient Sukriti, and that will come from uh, cultivating Shraddha and Sharanagati in relation to our Guru Parampara, through whom, which, whom the opportunity comes. I was saying the other night, that the, uh, I use this phrase, winners of opportunity, and I speak, again, I speak about Gaur and Nityananda. I, whether you follow that, uh, they are the opportunity, of course. They are the deities presiding over over Chaitanya Charitamrita. Nityananda Prabhu presides over Chaitanya Bhagwat. These great texts that we find out about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, most definitively, this charming Leela, the, 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 the Siddhanta of the, the Goswamis as to his um, the significance of his descent and so forth. So Gaur and Nityananda, they are bringing this. I've often said Nityananda Prabhu is really the beginner of the Sampradaya in a, in a formal sense. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's appearance is setting it in motion. He's a presiding deity of it, but it was Nityananda Prabhu who said, worship Gauranga, chant the name of Gauranga, follow the teachings of Gauranga, forget about Krishna. 
Krishna Shiksha Krishna. No, Baja Gauranga Kaha Gauranga Laha Gauranga Namur. Yajana Gauranga Bodhisattva Amar Pramre. And people thought that would be good. In other words, Nityananda Prabhu said, those who do this, they, they're purchased by me. And they thought, to be purchased by him, that would be a good thing. Hmm? So this was before the Goswami's texts were out and all definitively explaining Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. He was bold to just come out and how could he be otherwise? As Balaram himself, the personification of, of the personality of Godhead, servitor, to use Prabhupada's language. Hmm? Uh, Krishna, the personality of Godhead, served appearing as Gore and Nityananda. So they are the windows of opportunity, in a sense. Hmm? Nityananda Prabhu, steeped in, in Sakiras and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, in Madurasa, hmm? and then it's more, much more prominent, of course, that, that um, ideal. Hmm? And here we find also that Kamarupa excels in some ways, uh, objectively speaking, over Sambandhanuga or Kamarupa over Sambandharupa, the two divisions of Rag Bhakti. But in the ultimate issue, of course, what's best is what's best for each devotee, which is the way really in which Bhagavan Sri Krishna wants to accept service. Hmm. So we get to that here a little bit in tonight's discussion. We're in the second of three verses that Rupa Goswami Prabhupada has uh, explained Raghunuga Bhakti has given the qualifications for it, and he's begun to explain it. The first verse, which we discussed in our last gathering, he explained that the main uh, practice, the main um, anga, limb, of Raghunuga Bhakti is smarnam. And a particular kind of smarnam, smarnam on the loving exchange between Krishna and the Brajbasis that corresponds with the budding uh, sentiment or uh, greed, thirst, desire within one for uh, participating in that leela. So following, if you will, in the, in the wake of, of a particular ragatmika's love, whether it be, and these are the windows, Madhurya Rasa, Sakya Rasa, and their various... Uh, divisions or the divisions of them that have been then subsequently um, offered to us through the Guru Parampara. Hmm. And what else he said? Besides this smarnam and a particular kind of smarnam, a focused, very focused smarnam, he said to live in Matura, hmm. if not physically, within one's mind. Now tonight, he says something else about how to practice Raghunuga Bhakti. This is a famous verse. I lectured on this at Odarya before coming here outside of the context of the series of classes discussing Raghunuga Bhakti. So I'll try to be a little briefer about it. I went into it in some detail there. Here he says, what? Seva sadaka rupena sudarupena chatrahi tad bhavalipsanakarya brajalokanasarataha he talks here about two rupas, two forms, two bodies, seva-sadaka-rupena, rupena chatrahi You see, it gets complicated because the beginning teaching is you're not the body. And now we find out you've got two bodies. <laughs> you are two bodies. 
uh, leave it to Gaudiya Vaishnavism to keep the head spinning so that we never get settled, so to speak, in and complacent. Always something to learn and something to to think about. Students for always, on the, forever on the path, so to speak. Seva sadaka rupena. So the verse begins with the very important word seva. And then it mentions these two forms, two rupas, two dehas, two bodies, a practitioner's body and a perfected body. And in both of them, we are to render service, he says. It's an important point. We'll emphasize it further as we go along. But first, with regard to the sadaka deha, sadaka rupa, This is, of course, a form that we get when we uh, are blessed with diksha, initiation. It's interesting, then, as well, that there is a description in Chaitanya Charitamrita of uh, Sanatan Prabhu's Sadaka Deha and how Chaitanya Mahaprabhu related to it and therein he taught uh, something about the significance of the Sadaka Deha and how one gets one at the time of initiation. And interesting, I say, in, because of course Sanatan Goswami is the the uh, he he presides over, in a sense, well, the deity who presides over Sambandagyan is Madan Mohan, and those are his deities. And his writings, comparatively to those of Rup and Raghunath, uh, are about Sambandagyan, Rupa Goswami here, about Abhideya, the way. Hmm? Raghunath Das has written nicely about the, the goal, hmm? Prayojan. Tattva, Acharya, as he is. So the Sambandha, also uh, the Diksha, comes underneath this category of Sambandha, which means relationship. So it's about establishing a relationship with Krishna through the mantra. And the Guru imparts the mantra. Then we have the capacity through the mantra to enter into a relationship. And said the Guru is the mantra. And so you understand from this that he... If you th- think about it thoughtfully, you cannot remain in a Kanishta Adhikari conception of Guru. We want to sometimes talk about the Guru in a Kanishta Adhikari way so that we become focused on the Guru and the Guru doesn't become simply a means to an ends that's discarded, uh, having a, uh, arrived, as we find, for example, in Mayavad philosophy. Once on the bank of the Ganges, I've told the story before, Prabhupada dipped in to take a bath, and then on the coming out, one of his disciples, Bhavananda Maharaj, extended his hand to Prabhupada to help pull him out. And so when Prabhupada got on the shore, he took his hand and threw it down like this. And Bhavananda was shocked, like, what did I do wrong? Then Prabhupada said, that is my avat philosophy. They take the help from the guru and then discard him. Hmm? In other words, in the end of Mayabad. There is no guru, there is no god, there is one, 
and no other, and no service, and so on and so forth. It's a very different story in Gaudiya Vaishnavism. The guru only becomes more important, and there are a plurality of gurus, for that matter. And these are all different, but equal, uh, in terms of, for example, siksha and diksha gurus, manifestations of the absolute, of Krishna, who says, I am the guru. Hmm? So Krishna coming to us in that form, the guru is the, the form of the mantra, who helps us understand the mantra, to take advantage of the mantra, who gives us the mantra. Hmm? They are, uh, in a sense, personifications of that. So, <laughs> so what you see is... <laughs> With your eyes is, is one thing. When you see through the mantra, then you will begin to see, feel, taste the kind of things that are important here in Raghunuga Bhakti with regard to the second body, mm-hmm. the Siddharupa. Mm-hmm. See the Guru, our Gurus, Krishna coming to us in the form of a, of a, uh, like I say, of a, of a window of opportunity, of, of a, of a a, uh, a kind of love hmm? of of God sentiment bhava. Hmm? So, just as the sadaka deya sadaka rupa is given by the guru, so is the siddha rupa. It doesn't come from anywhere else. Hmm? How he will give it, in what ways, it doesn't require some formal giving and explanation. He's he's more than what you what what meets the eye, so to speak. Hmm? Um, but with regard to the sadhakadeya, at any rate, the, the the nature of it, we'll begin with this, and the, uh, the the spiritual nature of it, I want to say, is very much brought out in this instance described by Krishna as Kaviraj Goswami, where Sanatan Prabhu has come to Jagannath Puri. Hmm? And along the way, he drank water in the jungle in Jarikanda and... As a result of that, he got some type of um, um, infection, um, infirmity, and it caused open sores to come on his body. And so he uh, was on his way to Puri to have the darshan of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, but he was, he was concerned after this that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu previously, when I met him in Banaras, even though I was dressed like a like a fakir and had the beard and long hair, and he had done that to avoid the um, Muslims and any harassment from them, which Hindus would readily experience at the time in India. Um, so when he came to Banaras, Mahaprabhu said to Chandrasekhar, Tapanujas, "I think a great person has come to the door. Can you go in?" See if he's there, and they went. And they, no, it's only some Muslim beggar. I said, let him in. The Mahaprabhu came down and saw him and, and embraced him, and they were shocked. What's he embracing this Muslim uh, guy for? Uh, uh, kind of a Muslim sadhu type person. And Mahaprabhu told go and gave an indication, and he went, shaved his head, bathed in, in the um, in the. Uh, In the Ganges at, at Banaras, I wanted to say, and um, uh, in return and so forth, and he was this Sanatan Prabhu, his beginning of his his uh, life of tutelage under Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So he had the experience of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's affection, hmm? 
and he was concerned that his body was now uh, diseased and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu out of his affection would embrace him and, and blood and oozing sores from his body would touch the body of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and he, that would be offensive. Hmm? So he was in a dilemma about that. He even had thought to perhaps throw himself onto the Rath cart during the Rath Yatra and form of kind of Vaishnava suicide. Hmm? But the omniscience of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu checked him, of course, and told him, no, you cannot do that. I have things that I want to accomplish through your body. He embraced him. Hmm? And um, and it's and then he told um, Thakur Haridas, who was another person who was thought to be untouchable. The Goswamis, the Haridas was untouchable by social standards, and the Goswamis thought themselves to be untouchable by social standards. And some people would have accepted that as well, because they were Hindus, but they had worked for the Muslim government and so forth. Um, so they were very um, humble and... Um, and uh, they tended to keep themselves a little bit at, uh, at, at, at a distance. Mahabharata was always trying to bring them closer and so forth. He told, he embraced Haridas also at the time, he told Haridas that, why shall I not embrace Sanatan and you for that matter? Because after all, someone may say his body or your body is bad, another body is good, but the fact of the matter is, good or bad are both material conceptions. Naimas and Nyasi, and I should see beyond these material conceptions of good and bad. Hmm? And therefore, to be true to my ashram, and my dharma, I will willingly embrace you and embrace Sanatana Prabhu, uh, Pandita Samadarshina. A pundit sees equally. Hmm? Whether uh, Gita says in the fifth chapter, whether it's a cow or a dog or a dog eater or a Brahmin, uh, he sees the Atma in everyone. Hmm? He's Samadarshina. Mabu quoted this kind of verse and spoke along these lines and uh, gave his justification for why he embraced um, Haridas, why he embraced Sanatana Goswami. But Haridas was not buying it. He didn't like that at all. He said, I don't like this. Basically, he said, you're, you're cheating. This is not what you're about. And, uh, of course, these are, this, this, these are all statements from the Gyanmarg. Nothing's good, nothing's bad. See equally, and so on and so forth. Whereas Bhakti, of course is characterized by a bias that is thought from the point of view of the Gyanmarg to be unacceptable. Because if you're biased, then you, you see in favor of one rather than another, and that's material conception. Hmm. One's good, one's bad. They may be good or bad from a karmic point of view, but it's all bad. Hmm. Good karma is bad. Bad karma is bad. So Prabhupada used the term wet stool or dry stool, it's, it's, it's stool. Hmm. So, uh, <laughs> so, to then say, you know, have a bias for one over another seems, from the point of view of the Ganmark, to be 
um, problematic. This is what the Kumaras thought when they saw that the Jayavijaya had a bias and weren't about to let them in to the gates of Vaikuntha. They thought, oh, they think you think this is your property. Huh. Uh, but uh, nothing belongs to anybody, and uh, so we should be allowed in, and they cursed them and so forth. Of course, they learned from that through the actions of Narayan and, and all. But, but at any rate, Haridas Thakur was, was not happy with that. He says, this is not what you're about. And he, he pressed on him, and, uh, and Mahabhu then came out with, he kind of tested them, so to speak. Mahabhu came out with a bhakti perspective, and he said, actually, you're right. Hmm? Um, you two are like my children, he said. I love you, hmm? and I maintain your bodies. I personally maintain your bodies. And um, it's out of affection for you. Uh, if I did not embrace you, uh, he said, he said, what did he say? Prabhupada, he said, Mahabhu said, Vaishnav deha prakrita kabunai. Aprakrita deha Prakrita deha bhakta bhaktir chidanandamai Vaishnava deha prakrita kabunai. This is the teaching in Vaishnavism. The Vaishnava's body is not material. It's not prakrita. It's not made of material stuff. This is like, again, we're told you're not the body. Now we're saying, you are the body. <laughs> and it seems to be the same one that we were just talking about. Hmm? You Before you got initiated, you were not the body. You got initiated, now you are the body. You didn't hear that one, right? <laughs> it's, yeah, <laughs> it's true. You are and you are not. So we have to go into it a little bit. You are and you are not. But Mahabha was emphasizing the high side of it. Hmm? The full implications of initiation and embracing it and so forth. And uh, he said, the Vaishnava body is not material. Hmm? Um, he says that what aprakrita deha bhaktir, the body of a bhakta hmm, is aprakrita. That's a very nice word, and it's, a, it's very much employed in Gaudiya Vaishnavism, and uh, appropriately so, because aprakrita means like not material, but it's kind of like the opposite of the material. And while the the majestic leelas and the prem of Vaikuntha is referred to as adhoksaja, adhoksaja means very different, overtly transcendental. If you see that, you know we're not in the material world. Hmm? Um Whereas, Krishna Leela, you might think, where am I? I'm in the material world. Hmm? It, it's described as such, Krishna's human-like, two-handed. Indeed, he, not only that, he, he's, he's, um, as he, he's subjected to the, 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 the orders of his devotees, hmm? um, subordinate to them and so forth, to the extreme. So, the Leela is sometimes referred to as a prakrita, or it's a kind of a, a prakrita type of knowledge that transcends adhoksaja. It's almost like 
if you go too far to the right, you're you're going left, something like that. So he said, he used this term, Aprakrita deha bhakti achiranamai. The devotee's body is Aprakrita. So he's talking about the sadhaka day, he says, it, 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 which means it looks material, but it's not. Chidanandamoy, it's full of chidananda, full of knowledge and bliss. This is a great secret of Gaudiya Vaishnavism, and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu spoke on this to Sanatana Goswami and Haridas Thakur. And he said, if I don't embrace his body, then I'll be an offender, thinking that the Vaishnav's body is material. Arche Vishnu Shiladir Guruchu Naramati Vaishnavijati Buddhi said in the Purana. Hmm? You know this one. Yeah. Who thinks the Shaligram is a, is a stone or the deity is made of it's just a stone? Hmm? Who thinks that uh, um, the Guru is an ordinary person? The Vaishnava is part of the Varnashram. Hmm? <laughs> he has a hellish mentality. As we see the deity with a transcendental eye, why? Because the Vaishnava has given us that vision, so we should see the Vaishnava, especially one who's given us that vision in a transcendental light. Therefore, such nice things are said about that. Hmm? What is it? He said, Sudulava Bhagavata Hiloke Akshno Falam Tadisha Akshno Falam Tadisha you don't know it. Chivav falam tadrisha kirtanam hi. It's a nice verse. I can't remember it all for you. But the perfection, akshno falam, the fruit, the perfection of the eyes is to see his form. The perfection of the tongue is to sing his, uh, to glorify his, his his person. The perfection of the of, of association is to touch him. That Vaishnava Sudul of a Bhagavata Hiloka was very rare in this world. Very rare to find in this world. To be connected with such persons, this is our our ideal. <clears throat> so Mahaprabhu said, if I don't embrace your body, then I'll be an offender. Krishna's testing me. He made your body look like this to me, to test me. I'm not going to fail. Therefore, I embraced his body. And then he turned and embraced it again. And all the sores went away. And it took on a golden hue. And Haridas said, Wow, awesome, he said. <laughs> That's awesome, he said. he said. He said, You've arranged this whole thing. You made him drink that water. You made him sick. You brought him here. You tested us. You embraced him. You've given Vaishnav Siddhanta you are our worshipable deity, pranams to you. Hmm? Mahaprabhu explained, at the time of initiation, the devotee becomes, Mahaprabhu, Krishna accepts him as equal to himself. Hmm? In other words, that he's of a spiritual nature now. Prabhupada used to say, if you want to enter the sun, you have to be like sun. If you want to enter the fire, you have to be like fire or something like that. So, Atashi Krishna Namadi. With material senses, you cannot serve Krishna. So, with a service attitude, beginning with the tongue, beginning with chanting, 
then we can convert and agree the right to chant, if you will. The blessing to chant comes from Guru. And chanting in, in this way, practicing our mantra and so forth, then this material form takes on a spiritual characteristics. This is a mystery, great teaching. Vishwana hmm? Chakravarti Thakur speaks about it in Bhagavatam when he discusses the gopis who could not attain, could not meet with Krishna on the uh, night of the Sark, poor name, held back as they were by their relatives. And uh, he gives a long explanation there, of course, and he says that they, they, the material aspect of their body was taken away and their body became fully spiritual. And that's what it means by um, they, they left their bodies. As I said the other night, they couldn't have died. They would have ruined the whole party. Krishna would have heard some gopis were trying to come, they died. That would have ruined the evening. That couldn't happen. And of course it shows up later in the 47th chapter of the 10th canto that those gopis, you know, they, 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 they achieved the fullness of the perfection hmm, of their pursuit of Raghunuga Bhakti. Hmm. And their bodies were fully developed in terms of sneha man pranay raghunurag mahabhav. These are developments of prem. Hmm. It said up to prem one can experience and then one has to take birth in the leela of Krishna. In the, in the association of his eternal associates, the Jasidhas, hmm, his Parshadas, and there, this, through separation, and you see there is an example how what their separation was to have come so close and not to go. And the separation then uh, was very much uh, fueled their further development, made them qualified hmm, to participate on another night, hmm, something like that. He says, Vishwana Chakrabhati Thakur, that this doesn't always, isn't always shown because this is a great secret, a great mystery. And only those who have faith and deep faith in, in Vaishnavism, this is a very deep faith, Vaishnavism says that, that, that the devotee is more important to us than Krishna. This is a very heavy statement. Hmm? Krishna says it himself, of course, but still, who functions like that? Very few Vaishnavas. And they're so ready to commit offense to Vaishnavas, look down on other Vaishnavas because of their birth. Hmm? We find it even today. Hmm? Uh, so, so it's not that easy to understand, apparently. Hmm? So, but sometimes it's shown. Hmm? Sometimes it's shown. It's like in the case of Dhruva, who said in the Bhagavatam to it went back in his self-same body, it went to, went to, went to Vaikuntha, I should say, in his self-same body. Hmm? Evidence for the idea that the body is perfected. So, just like the Leela of Krishna, when it appears in the world, it has two sides to it. It's fully transcendental, but it's interfacing with the material world and people of, from that side who are coming from that side to the other side. In fact, Krishna comes for them. They've reached a certain pitch in their devotion that it merits, it warrants his appearance. There's no other solution to their practice. There's no other way to answer to it but to come hmm? and give them the opportunity to develop fully and, and return with him as he takes his, 
his lila to the uh, uh, makes it unmanifest. So, so there is point is some evidence from scripture for this point, and it's a strong point in Gaudiya Vaishnavism, but a great mystery. The point being that the sadhaka deya becomes spiritual. So as much as the sadhaka deya, made up of senses, as it is, is interacting for the purposes of the senses unto themselves with sense objects, material sense objects, it has a material quality. And to the extent that its senses are absorbed in sense objects for the service of Krishna or Krishna himself, his nam, hearing, to see the deity and so on, to taste the prasad and so forth and so on, it takes on a spiritual characteristic. So this is what we're involved in. A kind of transubstantiation, they use a term, I think, in Catholicism, how the body, how the wine, the body turns into the wine, or the, what is it, the blood turns into the wine, the body into the bread. So these are not ideas that are entirely foreign uh, to, you know, other... Um, uh, traditions, there's even the idea in Christianity that the body, you die, and I guess it goes into the grave and rots away, and then when Christ comes, it again gets, you know, rejuvenated or something, it comes back out and joins him in the, in the, uh, in the heavens or something like that. It sounds a little odd, but it's, it's a similar kind of idea that such a thing is possible, that you could engage your present problematic form that you're not, <laughs> the body, we often talk about it in those terms, in such a way that it can become an instrument for your um, deliverance from material existence and more, of course, entrance into prame. So that's the whole idea. You got a sadhaka deha, you should take good care of that. It's, it's very um, extraordinary opportunity. It's not a material body. It's not a perfect spiritual body. It's somewhere in between, and the idea is to perfect it hmm, by, by sadhana bhakti. Hmm? When one attains bhava bhakti, what's the situation then? Then they're liberated. Hmm? Karma's finished. Hmm? Krishna gives karma to them. Hmm? So they stay in the world, to do good for others and to do, and to cultivate that bhav and turn it into prem. Hmm? So they're operating in a very. Therefore, uh, uh, Gita says it. What mahatmanas to mamparta daivim prakriti mashrita. The mahatmas they're moving under the daivim prakriti. They're not moving under the influence of the material energy. Bhagavatam uses the term to describe Sukadev as. What is that? Hmm? Lucky, he was luck personified. He's Yadrikchaya. He appeared on the scene of Parikshit Maharaj's uh, death at the bank of the Ganges as the good fortune of Parikshit Maharaj. I think we discussed this the other night to some extent. He's just moving in the world according to the will of Bhagwan. Hmm? Not under the influence of karma, not because he has to do something from a material point of view, because he's. He's, he's stolen and now he has to pay a debt. He's taken and now he owes. Not like that. Hmm. Only giving. Hmm. About him, Prichard said, Kurunaya Haparanaguyam, or Sutta Goswami said, My guru, Sukadev, my Siksha guru, who I learned Bhagavatam from, 
Karunaya Purana Guhyam. He understood the secret of the Purana and out of only out of mercy, out of compassion, he was giving it, reciting it, not to make a living, not to be popular, hmm? not driven by any such thing, but, uh, but by another force. Hmm? So, point is, this, this Sadaka Day is, is a very a wonderful gift hmm? given to us by our Guru Parampara. And we are to serve in it, and to what extent, to what measure? We, we, we begin, we, 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 change, we change the dress, typically. Hmm? We put the Vaishnava dress on, we wear the, this is our necklace. We don't wear the diamonds or the pearls, but the Tulsi Mala. Hmm? We don't wear lipstick and eye makeup, and the tilak as our makeup. Mm-hmm. And shave our heads. Mm-hmm. It's a typical kind of. Uh, it's, 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 so you stand out. You're wearing a certain attire, and uh, you have the sika and so forth. So it's like a, a uniform, and so it has some power to it. It's just called anukul in bhakti. The Vaishnava dress is anukul. It's, it's favorable, so it has power. Mm-hmm. To mark with the tilak, and so it's in one sense it's it's merely a, a distinguishing mark that uh, that distinguishes us from other sects who wear different tilak, for example, in India. But it also has another deeper symbolic, or I should say, esoteric, subtle meaning, marking the body with the with the mantras of Vishnu and the corresponding tilak, deity presiding over different parts of the sadaka deha, and so forth. It's uh, that that idea is played out a little bit more in the Vaidhi Marg, but wearing the tilak is something that's favorable for for for, for rag bhakti. Hmm? So it's a uniform that uh, it gives us power, actually. And of course, people see you in that, and and they ask you about it, and it's a very extraordinary thing. You might remember the first time you saw devotees, it was like, what's that? You know, some attraction, but some question. It's like not part of the world. Hmm? The famous uh, George Harrison wrote a song, Here Comes the Sun. Hmm? And it was about the devotees. Hmm? Because in London, it doesn't shine very much. Hmm? And he would see them rain or shine on the streets of London, chanting. And so he wrote that song about them, Here Comes the Sun. It means the devotees. They're like the sun. Whether the sun's out or not, they're like... So... um, the point is that this sadhaka deha is, is 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 something to be very much taken advantage of, and the extent that we do, the point here is, that is the extent to which the siddha rupa, the siddha deha that's described here, will come into play. Hmm? We said that eligibility for ragabhakti is high. Rupa Goswami is not talking about the low end about it here. Of it here, you can say, well, loba just means a desire to attain Krishna in a particular way, I have a certain desire. But desire is a big word. Hmm? The Buddha said the whole world is going on by the force of desire, the thirst. The, 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 it's the same idea. The lobe of greed, thirst, taste, desire. Don't, don't try to translate loba differently. Hmm? And, and when they use the term desire to talk about it, they're talking about it in a way in which, for example, the Buddha is talking about it, that it's just fueling the whole world, making the whole world go round. Hmm? 
you have a desire for another world. Life in another world. Hmm? It's the driving force, as we're learning, in your practice. That desire is driving it. Hmm? Almost like now they have, you know, driverless cars or something. It's just driving itself. And you're just, you can just be the passenger. Hmm? And uh, something like that. So you don't have to, just to think that much about it. Of course, that's the way he's talking about it. We're also talking about it, as Shijiva mercifully has, in terms of degrees of eligibility and ajataruchi, rag bhakti, without taste, being involved in rag. So we can give a general, more broad interpretation. But when we do... Hmm? of eligibility, when we do, we also have to give a broader interpretation of the practice. We can't give a broad interpretation of eligibility that's very generous hmm, and keep a high idea of what the practice constitutes when that corresponds with the full sense of eligibility. Hmm. So you may have a little desire for this. This may be our ideal, hmm, due to good association, to attain braj-bhakti. But... When Chaitanya, when Krishna Kaviraj Goswami spoke, when Mahaprabhu spoke through his pen to Sanatana and said that Vaishnava has the sadhaka deya and it's fully spiritual, he gets it at the time of initiation. Hmm? He didn't say, and you also get a siddhadeya, a siddharupa at the time of initiation. Initiation means beginning. He didn't say, at the time of initiation you get two bodies. Hmm? So at the time of initiation you get one, it's a sadhaka deya, and that's a lot to digest. Hmm? Try to digest that. Hmm? In the context of digesting it, know that the sadhana has a sadhya. And in the context of the sadhya and attaining it, hmm, the ideal, another body comes into the picture. Hmm? But should we think that the practices of ruchi, bhakti, in sadhana are the same as the practices in anartha, in, in bhajana kriya hmm? stage, beneath even anartha nivritti, before anartha nivritti, you think they're going to be the same? Or there, would there be any difference between the practices of a sadhaka who's attained ruchi and the practice of one who has not cleared his heart of anarthas? Certainly there's a difference. There's a different, there's the same goal, but there's a different focus on how to get there relevant to where I'm at. Hmm? Hmm? So the siddharupa here, yeah, if you have full lobha, hmm? that's another thing. But if you don't, then then you need to work in the sadhakadeya, serve in the sadhakadeya, absorb it in such a way that at least in the context of bhakti, that this that heart is cleansed. Because as we heard, smarnam, that's for a cleansed heart, and this siddharupa is not something you can see like the sadhakadeya. It's an internal, subjective, body hmm? and it requires a spiritual a clean heart and a spiritualized mind to meditate not only on it but we see here what is the Leela Smarnam? We said the other day it was very specific hmm? he talked about it in a general way meditating on the desired taste that one has that corresponds with that of one of the inhabitants of of the of, of Vrindavan Hmm? But he says something else here that helps us understand the specific nature of this Siddharupa Seva. That's the word, Seva. It's, it is Leela Seva. It's not just remembering Krishna's pastimes, 
but it's remembering particular pastimes, meditating on them in such a way hmm, from the vantage point of a developing siddharupa, siddhadeya, spiritual internal form, hmm, meditative form, meditating on those pastimes that correspond with that in a particular sense in such a way that, that it constitutes lila seva. You're doing seva in the lila. Hmm? In terms of the sentiment you have, so it's 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 not just remembering Krishna's pastime. Sometimes, as we said, it's very focused, hmm? and and for that matter, the very desire, the very thirst, really starts to develop in Ruchi Bhakti. Ruchi Bhakti, Jiva Goswami has explained that the. The, the ruchi aspect of bhava hmm, is constituted of desire, three desires. Desire to attain Krishna, desire to serve him favorably, and the desire to develop an affectionate relationship with him. These desires are the com- uh, components of the taste, ruchi aspect of bhava, hmm, and therefore, they begin to appear in the stage of Ruchi. Hmm? He says, in Ruchi they come, hmm? but they're, intelli- they're engaged in with the help of intelligence. They're pursued with the help of intelligence. So it's, this is just the beginning. Because when they're fully developed, hmm, then they, they take precedence over the intelligence in Asakti and in Bhava. But they're, what he means by intelligence is they're deliberately cultivated. The desire is deliberate. First it comes, then it's deliberately cultivated internally in meditation to the point where then it becomes not deliberately in asakti, which is attachment. Hmm? That's more than taste, more absorption. Not deliberately in a sense, but automatically. Hmm? In other words, there's a deliberate practice in ruchi bhakti hmm? of meditating from the uh, and from the vantage point of a of a of a of a of a, a form that that has a shape i mean excuse me a desire that has a shape a shape that corresponds with a desire hmm? we see desires give shape to things it's because of desires that the world's taking shapes and forms and so forth materially speaking so similarly with a spiritual desire and when, when, when there is attachment, when the desire and taste turns into attachment for the object of love, as I've often said, it's our attachments that, that form our identity. Mm-hmm. Now the attachment is for Krishna in a particular way, a particular form, and a particular identity is arising out of that, just like our I is informed by our sense of my in this world. But of course nothing is ours, so our sense of I is very fleeting and illusory. Mm-hmm. Here the attachment is for Krishna, and Prem is a mine-ness. Mine, he's mine. Hmm? So a form arises out of this. Hmm? And in Ruchi, one, 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 has, one has, to use the phrase of Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, one deserves to desire. Hmm? He says, first deserve, then desire. So it's all in the context of sadhana. You can desire in a little way, but sadhana bhakti is characterized not by desiring 
not by longing, but by submission, a longing to submit, surrender, to give up, to let go, and in the context of that, to become attached to Krishna. And we become steady in our focus and we understand it clearly, and our intelligence is fully engaged in Nishta, then it can come to Ruchi and deliberately, and the desires are descending. Where are they coming from? Hmm? They're not coming into a, into, into, into a heart full of desires where there's no room for them. Bhakti's coming. That's true. Bhakti's coming. Bhakti is bhav. Bhakti is the sarup shakti. So a little is coming in and then. Baba bhakti means a clear, prominent influence of the sarup shakti into the jeev that terminates the material existence. This is sadhya. Hmm? But something is coming. Shakti, bhakti is constituted of Shakti, so it's coming even in the beginning. Hmm? But in the form of a, of, a, of a desire to serve Krishna in a particular way, as he wants us to, corresponding with one of the windows of, the, of opportunity that have been extended to us by our Guru Parampara, hmm? we can see the desires. I don't want to, I want to become a stone in Vrindavan. <laughs> he hasn't thought it out yet. He hasn't even understood that through, through come to Nishta and harmonized his 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 komal shraddha, tender faith in heart with intelligence, hmm? and made made it his faith firm by by kind of taking his faith and putting it in the fire of scripture and argument and reason and bringing it out. <sighs> it's firm, bringing it in, testing it, and so forth. Hmm? Preaching is a good exercise for that. You to use your intelligence and. And you get doubts. People ask questions. You got to go look up the answer and the book. And so, so, harmonizing the head and the heart. This is much about nishta. Having done that, then some with some wisdom. Hmm? Now, desires are emptied out. That's wisdom, right? Desires in relation to non-enduring things is not going to produce an enduring result or a happy one. Hmm? So. In Ruchi, that, that, that's gone. Now there's room for other desires to come. Desire for bhakti, a taste for bhakti, and it taking a particular shape. Hmm? Taste for bhakti means some, some ingress, ladini, some bit. So, this is the beginning culture. I mean, it begins from the very beginning sense. We get initiation, we get siksha, we get association, it's all coming, but now it's starting to like... Uh, it's like you uh, you learn a language and, and you're always carrying around a dictionary. What's he saying? And all of a sudden you hear a conversation and you start picking up words and, hey, I understood what he said. Wow. And and I was able to respond. It starts to become fun. Hmm? Um, so one starts to become fluent, so to speak, in, in, in Vaishnavism. And, uh, so, two rupas, two forms, hmm? And one, in a sense, comes out of the other. Use one that you've been given properly, and then the possibility of the prospect of another one, the Siddharupa, um, arising, hmm? corresponding with desires. And desires, really, it's coming from up to down. The opportunity is coming from up to down. Hmm? Krishna's accepting services in a, in a particular way, and it feels like, that's what I want. Hmm? It's just like when you when you start to go home, as it's talked about, 
back to Godhead, sometimes the phrase is used, the feeling is like, I've been there, I belong there. This is where, this is a familiar, hmm? this is a familiar place. So the, the terminology, language is limited, of course, was it back to home, where you belong. Home is like, well, I know what it's like, I've been there. Hmm? You haven't been there, but you've never been so um, comfortable hmm? where you are so at ease, feeling so at home, so uh, in such a familiar place. It's what you are, hmm? Satchitananda, but with the ingress of Samvit Ladini, Sandini, which is like Satchitananda extended, uh, extreme. So it's more of that and, and, and more of a different quality almost. Hmm? But it's not unnatural like our feeling here. Hmm? So you start, it's like a remembrance. Hmm? The experience is like remembering. Hmm? I'm fa- it's familiar, it's something familiar. And we were given a seed, it said. The Bhakti Lata Bija were given a seed. It's like you give, a, like you give you know, an inoculation or something, a seed. Hmm? And it, and it, so you, you've got some familiarity with it. Hmm? You don't realize it, but you've got some experience of it. Hmm? So when the experience starts to develop, the seed starts to grow and so forth, then you've got some reference point. You've been initiated. You haven't been initiated. You have no reference point even. And of course, you won't, get, won't, you won't come in the vicinity of it either. Hmm? Because you've got some, some contact with that. Right? The experience, again, is like familiar. It's like remembering, like I belong here. Hmm? Uh, it's very compelling. I'm going home. It's over. It's this is where I where I belong, and I want to, and I and I, I have a particular desire to to enter there. And, and the material existence is is washing away, fading away. When Mishwana Chakravarti Thakur speaks about the Sadaka day, even he, even he says. He quotes from Bhagavatam. What is that verse? Bhakti pareshanu bhavo virakti. Hmm? Bhakti, one gets bhakti, one, one bhakti pareshan, realization and virakti. One gets bhakti, one gets realization, experience, and one loses, gets rid of, virakti means gets rid of the other desires. He gets bhakti, he gets a desire in the context of bhakti, and she gets rid of other desires. Just like he said, the Bhagavatam says, just like when you eat, you get a, you get a taste, you get nourishment, and hunger goes away. The only difference being, in bhakti, uh, unlike eating, <laughs> it goes on <laughs> forever. Uh, so, so in this way, Rupa Goswami has this is a famous verse, and it's, it's, it has an ancient misunderstanding and a modern misunderstanding. Hmm? So it's hard to understand Raghunath Bhakti. The modern misunderstanding we've talked about a little bit uh, already, and we more readily um, uh, refer to that. That being that you didn't get your sada, you didn't get your Siddharupa? You didn't get your Siddhadeya from the Guru when you were initiated? How can you do Raghunuga Bhakti? We're explaining how you can do Raghunuga Bhakti. 
even though you haven't got your siddha rupa. Hmm? And, the, and the, the tendency is to want the siddha deha and, and to make light of the fact or neglect the fact to some extent that you've got the sadhaka deha and you want to do, you want to do bhajan hmm? when you should be doing Vishram um, Bena Guru Seva, work, work hard, shravanam, kirtanam, scrubanam, mapanam, kind of, you know, get busy with the sadhaka day, an active life of service. And the Goswamis have set a good example, see how active they were, see how active Prabhupada was, for example, or Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasthi Thakur. Hmm? And go, 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 you go, go to Vrindavan, go in the bridge, and you look around, and you say, who's sitting under a tree all day chanting Hare Krishna? And you think you got initiated, therefore you should go and do that? Hmm? You look carefully at the guru that you got it from. Even he's not doing that. Hmm? And then, of course, then there's the whole sleight of hand of that you give the siddha sarup, and the idea is the guru meditated upon it, hmm? got it from Krishna's giving it to you at the time of initiation, go over to the guru in the next sector over there, and now he, if you ask him, he'll give you a different one. You're gonna, they all came from Krishna, it was meditated. So this is a bit of a, become a bit of a sham, Actually, the fact of the matter is that in Rupa Goswami's writing, in Jiva Goswami's writing, Sanatan Prabhu's writing, oh, Raghunath Das Goswami's writing, and so forth, all these seminal charts, Krishna's Kaviraj Goswami's writing, there's no mention of giving the Siddhadeha to the disciple. There's no mention whatsoever of that. Hmm? So how's it supposed to come? It's supposed to come in the, con- in the context of practice, when this desire manifests and cultivates, it, 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 uh, it comes with uh, realization through sadhana. Later, hmm, Vishwana Chakvati Thakur, centuries later, in his Raghavart Machandrika, he acknowledged that the Guru could give like this. That's information. And your, your rupa is like this, and uh, you... you this would be, he could give like this, or a Rasik Siksha Guru could, could give. Hmm? But that's information. They give knowledge. You still have to realize it. Hmm? It might be useful. It might not be useful. Hmm? Therefore, some don't give it like that because they don't find it will be useful. Hmm? And in our Paribar, uh, coming from Bhaktisanta Sarasri Thakur, that is more the, the, uh, the tendency. And in either case, you have the information, you have to realize it. Uh, so in the latter method, by by practice, in sadhana bhakti, and so forth, yeah, it comes in due course of its own. It's revealed. Hmm? This idea of giving and so forth, ekadas bhava, it comes later uh, from Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's time, or from Rupa Goswami's time, maybe uh, close to the time, through in Jagannath Puri, through uh, Dhyan Chandra Goswami and Gopal Guru Goswami. Gopal Guru Goswami was associate of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So they talk about this, and it seemed to have developed from that side of the Guru telling, but who were the disciples, and who were the gurus, and what were those, Adhikar, and so forth. These are associates of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. We hear the story, so-and-so got initiated and then everything was realized at, the, at that moment. So it's, it's possible <laughs> if everything's in place. But uh, with the wide circulation of Gaudiya Vaishnavism, the Chaitanya Mahaprabhu one, we can expect, well, that's not going to always be the case. Nityananda Prabhu's generous giving of 
nom to everybody and so forth. So there'll be a learning curve in some stages of, of, of development. But it is worthy, noteworthy, as I say, that the Goswamis, this, this, this idea that's become popular in some sections of Gaudiya Vaishnavism has no uh, foundation in the Goswamis' writing. The idea of a Siddhadeya certainly does. We're hearing about it right here. But the idea of giving it, or having a special initiation to give it and so forth, or at the time of even your beginning initiation, it's not found there at all. Mm. So that's part of the modern um, um, misconceptions about this verse. It has to be given at that time. You don't get it. You're not, you can't practice Raghunuga Bhakti and so on and so forth. The ancient misconception about this verse was um, um, uh, came from uh, a person named Rupa Kaviraj. He was a disciple of Hemalata Thakurani or Shivas Thakur, um, so pretty good lineage. But he had the idea that what Rupa Goswami is talking about here, which comes in the second part of the verse, Tatbhavalipsunakarya Prajalokanusarata. It says that you should follow, you should do seva, following the bhava of the inhabitants of Vrindavan. Hmm? So he said, so in your sadhakadeya and your siddhadeya, you should follow the inhabitants of Vrindavan. That's what it says. Therefore, don't do a codice. There's no need for this, that, the other thing, because gopis didn't do these things. Hmm? And so a whole other lineage formed. He wrote some sophisticated treaties about this. Um, and, um, and you know, from that comes the idea of dressing like a gopi in some sex and so forth. And, and the Sadakadeya is spiritual, right? I heard Mara say it. So, um, so in our Sadakadeya, we should serve the, follow the bhava of the people of Braj, and in our in our in our Siddhadeya as well. So uh, it was a big controversy in in Gaudiya Vaishnavism. He made a s- strong argument at the, at the time <clears throat> for this, but it was Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur who came and uh, replied and said, no, this is not what Rupa Goswami is saying here. And Jiva Goswami gives the hint in his commentary. And he took the hint from Jiva Goswami and then he developed it. And he and the, the key point is that what Rupa Goswami is saying here is that you should follow the Braj people and the Braj people have two forms. The gopis that we are to follow are, for example, in Kamanu, Kamanuga Bhakti, hmm, are the Kamarupa uh, Braj people, uh, who came with Mahaprabhu in the form of Rupa Sanatana. As I've many times said, among the associates of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, the Goswamis are particularly pointed out for one reason, because they were the uh, in full embodiment of the highest ideal of Manjari Bhava, but secondly, because they showed the way of sadhana themselves by their example, which many of the other associates of Mahaprabhu didn't do. Pundarik Vidyanidhi didn't do that. Ramananda Roy didn't do that. Hmm? But Rupsanatan, for example, they did. And so they are appearing, they're gopis, but they're appearing in their sadhakadeyas, perfected sadhakadeyas. And so in our sadhakadeya, we should follow them in their sadhakadeya. And in our siddhadeya, the internally conceived meditative form, that we should, in that form we should follow the Krishna Leela and how they act there in a form that's suitable for that. The sadhakadeya is not meant for that. Hmm. As I said the other day too, Atara Raganuga, he says. Now we begin with Raganuga. 
Does that mean all the Vaidhi Bhakti will be thrown out? The last verse in this section, which we'll get to the next discussion, says, not at all. Hmm? And the same point arises here. Well, we don't have to do, it might be thought, we don't have to do uh, Guru Padashraya, take shelter of the Guru, Diksha, Shiksha, follow Ekadasi, all these things. That's all Vaidhi Bhakti. Now we're doing Rag Bhakti. Have lobe and do it. Hmm? But wait a minute. You have to do it with a sadhakadeha. Where are you going to get that? <laughs> it comes from the guru, as we said. We get the sadhakadeha from the guru. So oh, you now you have to you see you have to connect this section with the previous section. The vaidhi bhakti, sadhana described there. The vaidhi bhakti. That's the structure. Hmm? And then there's a particular orientation to it. That's either rag or vaidhi or some mixture. As we said, there's a whole spectrum. Here we're speaking about the fullest measure of rag bhakti. But we will incorporate relevant practices of vaidhi bhakti and engage in them with the perspective, the ideal, the ambition of um, rag bhakti. Driven by the taste, we'll practice these things rather than driven by faith in their efficacy that if I do them, I'll get result and you're already getting enough result to to to, uh, to, to practice them without um, that kind of calculation being required as we've already discussed so that misconception was uh, uh, was dealt with by Vishwanathakritak when the tradition has em- embraced that um, of course uh, ever since so of an ancient misconception and a modern misconception all serves to say that not so easy to understand and so it's not for dummies. We don't need a Raghunuga Bhakti book for dummies. We need we need good servitors who can understand what the opportunity of Vasadika Deya is and take advantage of it. Serve the guru, his associates, hmm? the feeling, affection, hmm? in all practical ways. Hmm? Absorb the psychic dimension, the physical dimension of the Sadika Deya and gradually all these things will come in a natural way. Hmm? So, any question? Sri Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu Ki Jai. Kusami Prabhupada Ki Jai.